And good afternoon, people, and welcome back to the next episode of The Word Encounter. Um, I believe we are in episode 22, and we're going to start off where we uh, start where we left off, which was in uh, chapter 20 of Leviticus. In chapter 21, in chapter 22, we see some some uh, details uh, specifically aimed at the priests um, regarding the holiness of the priests, regarding uh, what they should eat as far as their foods are concerned, what the Lord considers acceptable sacrifices by the priests before him. And so these are some detailed things um, uh, that the word gets into with regard to the priests and the Lord. So uh, I recommend, highly recommend in, in all the things that we do, you know, you get in there and read it for yourself and see what it says and see what it speaks to you and whatnot. Don't rely on anybody to interpret uh, the things of the Lord for you. You know, you, you were to um, be involved with wise counsel, we're, we're to be teachable, we're to be humble. But that does not mean that we are to give over the responsibility for ourselves to somebody else. So make sure that you're not involved in that. And then always go back and research and do your own digging and reading whenever you get introduced to a teaching or anything like that to make sure it's in alignment with the word. And so we're going to go on to chapter 23. Chapter 23 um, talks about the holy days. Uh, and so the Lord described or prescribed, I should say, holy days for his people. And we see in a lot of these things, at least to me, what comes across is that the Lord is putting in these, uh, uh, these placeholders in time uh, in order that his people don't forget him. And so he assigns festivals. He assigns different types of feasts. He assigns different type of sacrifices and whatnot, always keeping himself before the people so that they don't lose sight, so that they don't wander away, so that they don't go astray. And so at least that's my interpretation of, of all of these things. Um, in, in, in verse 9 of uh, chapter 23 in Leviticus, said the Lord spoke to Moses, said, speak to the Israelites and tell them, when you enter the land I am giving you and reap its harvest, you are to bring the first sheath of your harvest to the priest. He will present the sheath before the Lord so that you may be accepted. Now, in yesterday's episode, I talked about if we go back to uh, chapter 19 in verse 24, and it says uh, in the fourth year, all its fruits is to be um, consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord, verse 25. But in the fifth year, you may eat uh, you may eat its fruit. It's talking about planting and trees and whatnot. Uh, in this way, its yield will increase for you. I said a principle was laid, and that's the principle of the first fruits. And it's, it's an interesting principle uh, on many levels, in my opinion. Uh, it's something that I have done in my... Um, entrepreneurial career, if you will. And that is, is that uh, the Israelites were instructed that in the first fruits, in the first harvest of, of the springtime, to bring the first fruits, the first produce, if you will, uh, of harvest to the priest to present to the Lord. In other words, before you do anything else, bring me the first fruits of what your work has yielded. And so in that way, you will be found acceptable. In, uh, in the other chapter, uh, it says uh, something to the fact that you'll be looked after, if you will. And so what I have instituted in my businesses, whenever I start a new business, the first time I get any revenue from that business, I always give it to the church. 
It doesn't matter how big or how small. That has been something that I do um, in order to uh, present before the Lord things that I feel um, that he has done with regard to watching over me and my efforts uh, and to seeing uh, my businesses become fruitful and whatnot. Now, the Lord isn't a slot machine. You don't put in a coin and pull a lever and then expect a return. And so it's more of an acknowledgement of, Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you have allowed me to get this business to this stage such that it is in the position in order to reap uh, a revenue. And so as an acknowledgement of what you have done for me in this business, I am offering you the first fruits of, of the labor from that business. So that's just something that I have instituted in my own self. And so I think it also reminds people that the things that you do and the things that you reap from what you do are not solely based on your own uh, labor, that you have to acknowledge that there are other things at play here that you benefit by. And so I think that keeps you in the right frame of mind in order to do that. We move on in verse 26. The Lord uh, again spoke to Moses on the 10th day uh, of this seventh month is the day of atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly and practice self-denial. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord on in verse 28 on this particular day. You are not to do any work, for it is the day of atonement to make atonement for yourselves before the Lord your God. If any person does not practice self-denial on this particular day, he is to be cut off from his people. I will destroy among his people uh, anyone who does any work on this same day. You are not to do any work. This is a permanent statute throughout the generations wherever you live. It will be a Sabbath um of complete rest for you, you must practice self-denial. And so self-denial here is mentioned one, two, three, is mentioned four times in these verses. What is it about self-denial that's so critical to the Lord in this situation? I believe that self-denial is a way to keep yourself humble before the Lord. It's a way to say, <clears throat> I am going to deny myself the things that I consider pleasurable because I realize that my life is more important than just the pursuit of pleasure. And so I'm going to acknowledge this by setting it aside, by putting it down, by denying myself to know that my life is not about these pleasurable activities. And they don't even necessarily have to be pleasurable in the way we may think pleasurable is. It could be like food or something like that, things that are you know necessary to live. Uh, but you don't have to have it all the time. You can deny yourself and in doing so, acknowledging that there's something else, that, that, that there's a different type of force behind your life. And you're acknowledging that force and that force is the Lord, is God. And so you're saying, God, you can be my sustenance. I am denying myself and I'm acknowledging that you are my sustenance. And so that's what I believe self-denial does. Now, other people may have different opinions. You may have a different opinion. I don't know. But that's what it means to me. And so if we go on to chapter 24, now this is interesting because I want to highlight this again. I highlighted it yesterday. In chapter 24, verse 11, it says, A woman had a son, and she, her son cursed and blasphemed the name. And they brought him to Moses. And so this woman had a son, and he blasphemed the name. In other words, the name of the Lord. And then in verse 13, it says, uh, then the Lord spoke to Moses, 
Bring the one who has cursed to the outside of the camp and have all who heard him lay their hands on his head, then have the whole community stone him. And tell the Israelites, if anyone curses his God, he will bear the consequences of his sin. Verse 16, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. The whole community is to stone him. If he, is bla- uh, if he blasphemes the name, he is to be put to death, whether a resident alien or the native. And so this sounds very, very critical, obviously. And so, again, we are in the new, um, excuse me, the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, God is laying down his laws with regard to what is required, what is required to be in good standing with him to not sin and whatnot. And so when those things get violated, they have to be dealt with. And again, in God's system, the way he deals with sin is through the shedding of blood, either animal or other. But in the New Testament through Jesus, this is different. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people cherry pick the word, particularly the Old Testament, and they take things out of context. When you read the word, make sure you read five or ten verses before a particular scripture and five or ten verses after. Make sure, matter of fact, I say make sure you read the whole chapter so that uh, what you're reading, these scriptures are in context and they're not taken out of context and applied to a situation that you want to apply apply it to, even though it doesn't apply. And so scripture gets used out of context all the time. And to, to, to benefit man's narrative and his, his gain. And that's not what it's for. And so, um, and so that's the situation there. If we move on to chapter 25, we see here, this is what I call a reset, if you will. And so we see in, uh, verse three, you may sow your field for six years and you may prune your vineyard and gather its produce for six years, but there will be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land in the seventh year, a Sabbath to the Lord. You are not to sow your field or prune your vineyard. You are not to reap what grows by itself from your crop or harvest or harvest the grapes of your intended vines. It is a year of complete rest for the land. So they worked six years on the seventh year. God says, chill out, give the land a break. You know, you can live off of what you harvested in the previous six years. And in verse eight, you are to count seven sabbatical years, seven times seven years, so that the time of, of seven sabbatical years amounts to 49. Then you are to sound the trumpet loudly um, on the seventh, in the seventh month. On the tenth day of the month, you will sound it throughout your land. And on the Day of Atonement, you are to consecrate uh, the 50th year and proclaim freedom in the land for all its inhabitants. It will be your jubilee when each of you return his property and each of you uh, to his clan. And so we had a system here where there were servants. Jews had other Jewish servants. Um, you had people acquiring land and whatnot. But in the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, everything was to return to its origin, to the original owners, the original tribes, everything else, because he wanted to emphasize that all of this stuff is mine. It is not yours. You don't own it. You don't own people. You don't know. So everything goes back to the way it was. And then uh, and that's the year of Jubilee or celebration, if you will. And, and so if we go on to chapter 26 and then we see here we have a lot of um, blessings and a lot of 
disciplines, if you will. Chapter 26, verse 3. If you follow my statutes faithfully, observe my commands, I will give you rain at the right time, and the land will yield its produce, and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Your threshing will continue until a grape harvest, and the grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until sowing time. You will have plenty of food to eat and live securely in your land. I will give you peace to the land, or excuse me, I will give peace to the land, and you will lie down with nothing to frighten you. That is awesome. And so God is laying down his covenant. He's telling them, this is what I will do for you if you will keep my covenant, if you will keep my commands. If you don't, verse 14, but if you do not obey me and observe all these commands, if you reject my statutes and and despise my ordinances and do not observe all my commands and break my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will bring terror on you. Wasting disease and fever that will cause your eyes to fail and your life to ebb away. You will sow your seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will turn against you so that you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will flee even though no one is pursuing you. And so we see here, essentially you choose blessings or cursings. You know, if you follow my commandments, this is what the situation will be. If you don't, this is what the situation will be. And so things get pretty clear, in my opinion. In verse 25, I will bring a sword against you to execute vengeance of the covenant if you don't follow my commands. You know, uh, in, in verse 21, it says, if you act with hostility towards me and are unwilling to obey me, I will multiply your plague seven times for your sins. I will give you much more than you did. And so, but then the Lord also makes a promise. He says, but if you follow my commands again, in verse 42, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. I will also remember my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. And I will remember the land. And so there you have it. Blessings or cursings. And in the final verse uh, of of the book, in chapter 27, verse 34 says, these are the commands of the Lord. These are the commands the Lord gave Moses for the Israelites on Mount Sinai. And so with that, we will pick up and start in the book of Numbers tomorrow. Everybody.